to truly believe in the magic. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Magic, an Orlando Magic podcast. On today's episode, we're going to recap the past week, um, and a half actually, um, with the road trip including games against Cleveland, Detroit and Atlanta, and our two most recent games at home against the Brooklyn Nets and the Utah Jazz. Uh, We're also going to dip into the Magic mailbag uh, and answer some of your questions. Uh, So without further ado... I'm joined by this handsome lot, and I can see two of them are wearing our new hoodies. So let's let's go to these guys first. Let's go to Mikey in the white. Let's talk magic hoodie. How are you, sir? I, you good? I know it's dangerous, but in white. I said to you guys when I ordered it, I was like, I don't <laughs> think I could trust myself. But hey, I thought I'd see what it was like. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. It's been a a, a good week. How's your week been, mate? It's been busy. In work, um, I'll put it that way. Uh, but it's been okay because it's Friday now and it's St. David's Day. So happy St. David's Day to everyone. Um, yeah. Cool. Don't so wait, you- daffodils. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep some- it away. I'm not oh, hugging yeah. any random Welsh bloke who's got a daffodil near him. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Paul who's uh, sporting the star. The star? Let's yeah. Talk Magic logo. It's looking good, mate. It's not- to be honest, mate. Really, really nice quality. Very pleased with this. Yeah, well pleased yeah. with it. Yeah, very nice. Excellent. And I We've know got... Gary's got one as well. And you've got yeah, the I, I couldn't compete with these two beef kicks, so I thought I'd let them model it, and I'll just <laughs> sit back and let them look good. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll be rocking yours next week, Gar. But I'll how's your week, mate? You good? Yeah, just uh, busy as well, mate. Yeah. Very. <laughs> Same old, same old, isn't it? There we go. Yeah. Um, right then, let's just get into it, I guess. Um, so the, the week that was, um, so from what seemed like an eternity, um, the All-Star break did take quite a while. We did have Magic Basketball back in our lives um, after our most recent pod, which was last week, uh, when we faced the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so just a, a very quick recap on that one. Mo Wagner uh, got us going with 22 points. Franz Wagner added 14. Uh, and we got a quite convincing, nice win over the Cavaliers, 116 to 109, uh, who were, of course, missing Donovan Mitchell, uh, which was just their third loss in 21 games. So quite a, a nice way to come back from the All-Star break, getting the W there. Um, like I said, they've been one of the hottest teams since mid-December. Um, but in fairness, Orlando just outplayed Cleveland from start to finish. Cleveland got back into it, make it uh, score a little bit more respectable at the end. Uh, but you know, it was quite a good win. Um, so I just want to talk about Mo Wagner because he's been absolutely brilliant uh, recently. Um, Gary, what, what do you make of his contributions and, and his importance to the team, especially in the last month or so? Um, I think when you look at it statistically in the last 10, it's kind of just mirroring Moore's season where you look at it. If you just went last 10 games, you're looking at 11 points, just shy of five rebounds, 85% from the free throw line, almost 62% from the field. Quite surprising that he's actually three point percentage is about 4% down on where his career and normal, like regular season average is. But if you've watched more Wagner since he came to Orlando, it's not just statistically what he offers, it's how he offers it. It's the character, it's the fire, it's the offensive output. Um, I think Cole said he was a sixth man of the year candidate. I think yeah. we've 
when we've been talking about the merits of our bench, we've said Cole, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Wagner are really like our big three. And then it's also that link up synergy seems to have with Joe Ingles when they're on the court together. And I think from an offensive standpoint and from a character standpoint, he's absolutely huge. If I was to look ahead with rose-tinted glasses, you're looking at the playoffs and I'm looking at it, I don't expect the Magic to be in the postseason. And I think in that element, Jonathan Isaac's actually really important to Mo Wagner because I think we could probably agree that Mo's defensive end of the game is what's probably his weakest part. And when you throw a potential lineup on the floor that's going to have more call and Joe Ingles, the importance of uh, Jonathan Isaac to that five running from the bench is huge because offensively they could take things away from a team. Defensively, they need Jonathan Isaac there. Uh, but what he brings, the magic are too nice. So having having more Wagner and Joe Ingles on the team does change things a little bit because if you've got a team full of nice guys, you're not winning anything. Yeah, and um, I, I, we'll speak about the uh, the game last night against Utah in a sec. Well, in a little bit now. But um, for those of you who've seen it, you guys have seen it. His interview at halftime, the walk off with Dante. The Magic were up by thirteen. Um, Utah responded with a ten nil run to end the uh, the half. How annoyed was he? It was just good to see you, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all possessions, mate, because I was having to watch it when I came in, <laughs> so I had that cut out. So, no. I was just absolutely annoyed with, you know, the focus wasn't there towards the end of the half, and it was just good to see, you know, and he just said, we just need to lock in, you know, and we get the W. Luckily, we did. So, um, yeah. Um so after that game, we had a, a quite an emotional game on Saturday night last weekend now against the Detroit Pistons once again on the road. Uh, we left it late. Uh, we made us sweat a little bit. Um, but a Paolo Bancaro jumper from the corner um, getting fouled uh, as he shot the ball meant we left the Motor City with a three-point win. Um, but, I, Paul, I just want to focus on the interview again. Uh, never t- just mentioned the other interview with Wagner. Um and the emotion that Paolo brought in his post game with uh, Kendra Douglas. Uh, tell us what you made of the interview and the sort of the leadership Paolo's showing. You know, remembering he is only twenty one years old. Yeah, mate. I'm I'm actually going to bring in Mo's interview into this. Um, anyway, I, I started off with the Paolo part of it. I'm almost tempted to use Paolo's choice of vocabulary to express how much I loved seeing um, a player that passionate about a a single season game win um, take uh, and it's against a team who technically we should be beating and that's no disrespect to them um, they uh, I said in the preview and I've said it many times they are better than their record so it's no disrespect at all but Paolo was emotional from what he'd come through from being ill for the effort that the team had made and it's a it's superb to see that a single win means that much to this player and to a group collectively i think paolo is one of those guys that you talk about leadership if you are put it in any work environment if you've got that sort of person working with you 
you're willing to follow them as a leader. You're willing to do, you're willing to work harder because he's not just confident. He's, he's confident, but he isn't arrogant in his ability. He's a strong personality. He works hard, but he clearly has a hell of a lot of fun and humour in doing what he's doing. And importantly, because he's also skilled, he isn't asking you to do something that he isn't capable of doing. He's taking on that leadership responsibility by backing it up with his own actions. That's huge. And they're the type of people that when you're working with in any for, in any facet of life, you get behind and you follow and you want to... Emulate's probably the wrong word, but you want to do your best for them as well because you know that they're doing their best for you. Huge, huge. Uh, you've got to remember that this is a guy who also apologised for missing a shot. Uh, that shot, was it against Miami? Miami, uh, yeah. Lost, lost, lost touch of the ball. And, but coming back to you mentioning the Mo Wagner interview, I think that attitude to winning and taking responsibility it's not just a Paolo thing when you look at that Utah game as a whole is a perfect example of it you've got pre-game everyone's in the huddle you've got Cole doing his dance but everyone's getting involved everyone's having fun around that uh you then half time Mo Wagner did not want to be doing that interview Mo Wagner was frustrated. He'd got things he clearly wanted to say constructively for the team. So he wanted to get in there and be part of getting this group back together. You've already said, G, he was frustrated. He There were things that he'd, he'd seen that they needed to do better. And that's then mirrored further when Dante reported uh, that during one of the timeouts, Admiral Schofield, was extremely animated, telling the team to focus in on what they were doing, focus on what they can um, affect, to stop complaining and get themselves into the game, rather than focusing on negative stuff that you've got no no control over. That's huge from the end, from what is an effective, uh, genuinely an end-of-bench guy. He's a two-way player, but he's so much part of the team it doesn't matter what your role is he's still part of that team and people are willing to listen that is massive as far as a team ethic goes you then look at the post-game interviews you've got Fultz and Suggs being interviewed each appraising each other you've got Jet Howard coming in in the background desperate to get involved to praise these two guys mm. you've got faults you've got sugs equally not just praising one another who have stood there but giving shout outs to wendell saying what he'd done giving shout outs to mo giving shout outs to paolo everybody is invested in each other and if you have that much of a group ethic then a t the team can go an awful lot further than the individual talent um and it's incredible to see 
the friend the other thing I will say before I finish up, the, the friendship and fun that the group are having. You looked at as Jalen was being interviewed, as they were coming off, Jalen says about and this old man here, as Joe Suggs, uh, sorry, as Joe Ingalls is going off. There's slaps on the back, they're messing about one and take it. And if you have that much Mickey taking from one another, joking in you're that comfortable being able to do it, it shows that tight bond and the friendship that this group have. We're in yeah. a hell of a good place. Yeah. Oh, great analysis there, Paul. As you say, you know, there's no iron team, is there? And, uh, that's no. quite evident. And it's, it's, it's far beyond the Paolo interview, but the Paolo interview was that moment where a lot of fans, I think, looked and thought, this is just one game win in the season and it means this much. Brilliant yeah. to see. Paul, yeah. you mentioned Cole Anthony's dancing. Are we going to get? A, are we going to get to see a Biffa <laughs> Cole Anthony remake? <laughs> I think remix, um, play the if song. You, if you three are willing to be stood around on the outside, <laughs> then I'm willing to bust out the moves again. <laughs> <All right. laughs> the next meeting. Nobody wants then. to see it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to see it, but I'm willing to do it, <laughs> and that's or... without drinking. Or <laughs> <laughs> they do want to see it though. Right, I know. <laughs> it still amazes me how much people love it when uh, we break out the 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 win video where we were all doing that dance. Yeah, yeah. dancing and having fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, we're having fun now. We did. We are. Um, so after that Pistons game, we were on a back to back. So the second night we rolled in to Atlanta with. God, they've got the most annoying PA system in the whole world. I've got to say it, just because it oh, is so painful, it. isn't it? Hate it. Oh, my life. Um, How many texts did we exchange, G, talking oh, about it? Many, many. <laughs> WhatsApp, the WhatsApp are in profit this month on the basis of G and I complaining about that one game. Oh, the, uh, the PA. Awful. Yeah. I couldn't... I couldn't... Would you imagine being a fan of that team and listening to that every night? Anyway, horrendous. and then the the, the Hawks. That foul is offensive. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. Uh, that foul is offensive. Oh my god, just cringe. Um, awful. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> forget that's another by the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so in this one, Paolo was missing. Obviously, um, taking his toll. Um, he said he was out with an illness. Obviously, we saw the effects of it the game previous. Uh, we all held our breath as Jonathan Isaac suffered a knee injury. Um, he didn't return. Uh, luckily, X-rays were negative. Um, and we've since sort of found out that, you know, Jonathan uh, is more likely sort of a day-to-day -day case. So we're hoping to see him back on the court, hopefully within the next week or so. Uh, we did lose the game 109-92. Um, so that's three losses. So, Mike, I'm going to come to you. Three losses this season to the Hawks, two to the Brooklyn Nets, is this a cause for concern, not beating teams, you know, we should be beating? Or is this just one of those things that, you know, maybe they've just got our number at the moment? Yeah, I think there's obviously a match-up problem there. I think if you look at Atlanta, they're, they're arguably better in the guard position than we are. Trey Young's elite. He's an elite three-point shooter. DeJounte Murray's played really, really well against us this season. Um, and And the backcourt isn't, the magic strength at the moment we've, we've still got to develop in that area as well but if you look at Brooklyn looking at both teams really I mean 
the Magic have lost, I had a quick look, I think it's seven of the last eight games in Brooklyn on the road. And you think back to, I think it was November, the first road game against Brooklyn was the first play-in season game. So there's a bit more riding on that game. Um, it was earlier in the season. Yeah, I just think it's one of those match-up things. Uh, look, at the end of the day, the Magic have been good this season because we've been, we've been beating the majority of the teams we should be beating. We've been beating the teams under 500. They're just two teams that, yeah, you could just argue they're bogey sides for us. And we've and, and, let's, and let's not forget, we've gone through stretches with lots of injuries as well, which are factored into some of these games where you've been missing key players. So you think earlier in the season with Fultz missing time, J.I. missing time, Franz missed games, Wendell missed a big chunk of the season. Um, so I think fully healthy. I think we're more than capable. And look, we we <laughs> we beat Brooklyn pretty comfortably the other night. And I think Paul might have put this in our WhatsApp group the night before. With was Paul was a Paolo missing in this game, and you put in the group. I can't see anything else but a magic loss tonight. Was that the game, Paul? Yeah, it, it was, was the Brooklyn um, game. I mean, you, I didn't realise. I might have been a little bit more confident had I realised that they were on a back-to-back and not getting in until Til four in that the sort of hour. Um, mm. And you know, I still don't get that with scheduling. You're not giving a team a chance. You're not giving it. You're talking about Atlanta. You're talking about Atlanta there. We all said the Atlanta game felt like a scheduled loss. Mm-hmm. You put it in on the back end of five games. In however few gate few days, including three day three games of travel, and on and there's a back to back involved. Yeah, you're gonna lose. You've got every chance of losing that game. Yeah. And I, I don't understand why you see these. The what well, I don't understand why the NBA scheduling has what is, what are effectively scheduled loss of spur teams it makes no sense to me. No. Um. So after that, you were right, Mikey. Yeah, I did. I couldn't see anything else but a loss on that one with how things were. Yeah. So after that rough loss in Atlanta, the well, coach Jamal Mosley started to think about shaking it all up and started a new starting five in the game against Brooklyn, going with Suggs, Harris, Caleb Houston, Franz, and Wendell as Paolo was still missing. And obviously we were missing J.I. Um, what did you think to the sort of the makeup of the lineup? Um, was it just shaking things up just to see what, you know, different variations of what could be had, what could be done? Or do you think it was anything? I, I think what it proved is something we should have done at deadline and <laughs> surround the starting lineup with more three-point shooting. Um, that That's what. Caleb, Gary Harris, and, and Jalen have been really good at is surrounding Franz and Wendell with three point shooting. I think I, I'm not I'm not hugely disappointed we didn't do anything at the deadline and we didn't get another three point shooter because I still think there's enough of that on the roster. But if you think now Paolo's back as well, Harris is. I, I was going to bring this up if it wasn't in one of the questions anyway. But even with Paolo back now. I think it's interesting that Gary Harris is in that starting lineup to help spread the floor a little bit more for Paolo and Franz because that's what we've all been crying out for. And I think with Cole's ability off the bench shooting the three, 
gives Markel a little bit more of a freedom, gives him a little bit more control to control the offense coming off coming off the bench. But yeah, I, I do think it was interesting. But yeah, I think three point shooting is is what this team needs. Yeah. yeah. Well, that starting that starting unit, uh, the three that you mentioned there, Mikey, Caleb, Gary Harris, and uh, Jalen, went six of ten from three point range. There you go. All five of those starters, I, I, I've got to be honest, it was only when I read this question that I actually looked. I didn't realise this. All three of those starters, uh, sorry, all five of the, of the starting unit had a positive plus minus figure. And not just a little bit. The, the smallest number was Franz Wagner with a plus 16. I mean, it the did highest. help we battered them, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but the high, <laughs> highest was Gary Harris with plus 23. Caleb, plus 21. Wendell Carter Jr., plus 20. Um, and who I miss there? Jane Suggs, plus 20. Now, I'm going to say that I do think some of the scheduling came in there because you could see that the Nets were tired. They were tired in that game. Um but you're putting out a unit that hasn't played together as a starting unit. There was some, it was a little bit creaky in parts, but they found a way to get it done. And again, I think if anything positive comes out of seeing these different units, it is seeing that, that the Magic are finding ways to get wins in the, in different situations. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge for a developing team. So we followed that game up with a win last night uh, against the Utah Jazz. Uh, so I just wanted to quickly talk about Jalen Suggs. Um, I wasn't sure who would have seen the game. Um, I, I know that Paul and Mikey have, and Gary's deep into the third quarter, but he knows the result. Um, but essentially, Jalen Suggs got hot from deep uh, in the last three minutes, hitting three three-point shots. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, what's impressed you um, about Jalen this season and his improvement? That could be to any of you. I wasn't sure who had watched it. I've I've only just finished the game, about 20 minutes before we started doing this. And I, I can't help but think consistently throughout this season when we're watching Jalen, that it comes off the back end of being healthy at the end of last season having a good final stretch of the season, bringing that, so gaining confidence there. He then has a full summer of ability uh, where he's able to work on his game. He's able to work hard. And as a result, we start seeing growth. We then see what the Magic have done in the changing up of the backroom staff for the medical side of things and the, and the mental well-being. And Jalen's one of those guys that's benefiting massively from that. He's consistently giving props to that department for the help that they are giving him. And you are seeing growth. And I think you're now starting to see what the Magic saw when they took him at the fifth pick, wasn't it? Was it fifth pick? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When we took him at the fifth pick. You look at his last five games um, and he's, he's shooting 50% from beyond the arc. He's, what's his score? Is it 
points per game has been just short of 12 in the last five games per game. We're getting just short of four assists, 1.6 steals in the last per game in the last five. He's throwing himself all over the place, working him, himself silly. I know he fouled out last night, but were there any really silly fouls or were they good fouls that he took a lot of the time, benefiting the team? His, his defence was exceptional yeah. throughout the game. Mm. And then, you know, a couple of ticky-tack ones, but you just want him to be aggressive. It just sets the tone. But on the season, you're looking at him being a point per game higher. Uh, than La, than his career average. You're looking at the rebounds being the same. You're looking at his his assists are down on his average. The st- the steals are up, but his influence on on a game is so much greater. And he's what three point shooting on the season, forty five point seven percent, up from forty one. That's that's a few extra points that you're relying on. And yes, he's he's uh those extra points are coming at key times for this team. Yeah, I don't think you can understate his importance to the squad. Yeah. Anything to add, guys? I think um it, it was worth seeing. Like Paul's covered it way better than I could, but if I was to take it beyond that, there was um a metric posted, I think it was MBA University on Twitter during the week. And it was a, it was basically comparing Jalen Suggs against Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday in terms of elite level defenders. And if you think about it, that's two players who he's had the comparison to. So Holiday was seen as his his upside, perhaps, from a lot of people. And Marcus Smart starting to now look like his flaw. And Suggs is on um, a trajectory to suggest that he's going to he his defense is going to be equally as effective in his career. And it's already matching up quite well to what two of the best perimeter defenders, and you're talking defensive player of the year level players here, bring to their teams. And I think statistically, Suggs, he's just shy of 40% for the season on three-point percentage. That was a, a letdown for Jalen Suggs when he was a rookie with the Magic. It was something he struggled with. His last 10 games, he's, at, he's around about 43% from three, which is elite in the league um, so if you look at that for Suggs going forward it points more towards him being a I would say a 16 points per game plus guy with elite level defence rather than being maybe how Marcus Smart is which is the, you know your 10 to 13 points type of game player I think Suggs has got it in him to be over 16 points a game he's grown in confidence and as our guards go right now Suggs is the one who you would say is our, if it was football, he's, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Was, right. Go on, Mikey, go on. I was just going to add, forget all the points and assists and yeah. improve three-point percentage. I just think Jalen's decision-making has massively improved. And, and I don't mean necessarily as a playmaker from the point guard position, because he's not, I wouldn't say he's a natural point guard, but I just think Jalen's in a comfortable place now where he knows where his shots are. He knows, like he he knows where his 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 sweet spots are on the floor. He knows oh. when to take certain shots, like when 
to drive, when to find a corner and, and, and wait for the ball to swing around to him. And we saw that last night against Utah down the stretch that he'd relocate and find himself in the corner and he knows Paolo and Franz will make that, make that pass to find him when, when needed. Um, I think it's massive that he's playing with two really, really good playmakers and Paolo and Franz where he doesn't have that pressure on him that he needs to create the offense. I think you, you can just say to Jalen, right, do what you do, do what you do. Great. Defend really hard, set the tone, shoot threes, drive to the basket when it's there for you. And I just think he's understanding his role better now. And I think, I think that's what the magic really deserve credit more than anything is, yeah, we've drafted really well, but they've done really well defining what they want from each player. And I think each player knows what their role is and they're starting to elevate their game. And like I said, I, I think his decision-making has been really, really good for me. I think that's probably his biggest upside for me this season. Yeah. Oh, he's certainly starting to look like that fifth overall pick that we expected mm-hmm. um, from that draft. Um, so let's just take a quick break to tell you about our partner, Attraction Tickets. Uh, are you looking for tickets and hotels for the world's best theme parks and attractions? If so, please check out Attraction Tickets. They're the UK's number one attraction ticket provider for Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, Disneyland Paris, and other popular attractions. Uh, Attraction tickets also sell Orlando Magic tickets at hugely competitive prices. So when you're booking your next holiday, use our link in the description and see what they have to offer. Uh, What's happening with Gary's uh, light in there? (laughs) Sending the fireworks off. Uh, Okay. Disney fireworks for your energy. And the thumbs up. (laughs) <laughs> you, anyone's listening to this now on uh, on on you know your podcast uh, providers, you're gonna have to watch it on YouTube now as well, just to see what Gary just did. And um, you can Spielberg also use our... levels. <laughs> <laughs> you can also use our website letstalkmagic.com for all our affiliate links and discount codes, including the NBA store and fanatics. Um, and as we discussed at the top of the show, um I mentioned the guys have got the, uh, the the hoodies there. Check out our T-Mill store. Um, the guys have been busy uh, updating that. So we've got a couple of brand new uh, designs there. So please do check them out. Right then. So um, magic mailbag time. Um, so we asked the Greater UK Magic community to send in any questions that you'd like us to answer or discuss. Uh, so let's just get into these because we've got a fair few to get through so we had one right at the death and i didn't put it in the agenda guys right so the questions come from gary craggs and it's to paul and mikey um wow <laughs> can franz wagner guard michael bridges yes <laughs> <laughs> he did it for germany and he did it for the magic yes yeah. <laughs> nicely done guy nicely done sorry mate. i could have also asked is dennis smith jr a savage or not right now <laughs> I still like Dennis Smith. I still like yeah. him. Someone has to. Yeah. <laughs> I still like him. I can't help but wish him well in his career. I like that. Oh, like fair. Yeah, I've got nothing against him. That's yeah. That yeah. Um, so, first question. Uh, it's come from Neil Piper. Um, Mikey, would a first-round exit be considered a good season this year? It depends who we play in the first round. <laughs> is, that, is that a good comeback? Um, 
I think if you're playing, I think if we get the sixth or seventh seed, I think if you're playing maybe New York or Philly in the first round, I'd be disappointed if we got bounced. I know Embiid will likely be back for the playoffs, but he's he's not going to be 100% surely. But um, I think if you end up playing Boston, Cleveland or Milwaukee, I think, yeah, it's still a successful season. I think we've seen that the improvement this team's made already this year. The playoffs are going to highlight what this team needs going into next year. So there's going to be positives to take from that. But I think if we end up somehow playing New York, Philly, Indiana in the first round, however the standings end up shaking out, then yeah, I think I'd be a bit disappointed because um, I think we've got everything we need. I think offensively we need to we need to have it going. We need to have it rolling in the playoffs because that's going to be our letdown. But defensively, if we can get Jonathan Eisen back healthy for a seven game series, then I think we could beat anybody. But yeah. So a little bit ahead of schedule, because obviously at the beginning of the season, we we all said, you know, making the playoffs was, uh, you know, a, a goal that we, we thought mm-hmm. was uh, attainable. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're on the way to doing that. So, yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, so the next one's coming from Liam Radbourne, uh, who's one of our patrons. So thank you, Liam. Um, what do we think uh, our record will be uh, through the month of March? So we've obviously got a long home stretch at the end of the month uh, and only four games on the road. Uh, Liam thinks uh, it's an ideal time to make a push for an automatic playoff place, as in, you know, top six. Uh, and he's gone with a prediction of 11-4. and four. Uh, That does include last night's Utah game because technically it was, you know, right at the end of February, 1st of March, we watched it. Um, Gary, going to go first on this mm-hmm. one, mate? Yeah, sure. I think if you offer me 11 and 4, I'll take your hands off right now because I think that would pretty much lock us into the playoffs. If we went 11 and 4, I think it would be really hard not to be a playoff team, a top six seed. I'm going to be a little bit more um, pessimistic, but not too much pessimistic. I've gone 9 and 6 for the month. So 15 games, including last night, I've gone 9 and 6. That would put us on 42 wins. I think going nine and six is a fair reflection of where the magic have been across the season. If you were asking on 15 games, I think we've been better than a 500 team for pretty much all season. So you're looking at it just on data before you consider the teams. You're looking at like eight and seven, nine and six out of 15 games is roughly in line with our form for most of the season. Um, The teams that we play in there are favourable but anything can happen. And I know, like Paul said, for example, that Detroit are way better than their record would say. I think you can say that about a lot of teams. I don't think there are many bad teams in the NBA this season, although I think some now have an eye on the lottery. Um, But things like playing a back-to-back against the Raptors, I think it's really hard to get back-to-back wins against the same team. So I've got us at nine and six. That would set us up nicely to be at the end of the season on 46, 47 wins, which for me should be good enough for six seed or maybe a little bit better. Um, but 11 and four would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we spoke about this on, on our Patreon call on the Sunday, didn't we, Gar? Um, mm. But before I come to Paul and Mikey, just see what, what their predictions are, I'll just run through the fixtures for March. So you've got Detroit 
um, at home on is it Saturday or Sunday night, and then you go at Charlotte, at Washington, at New York, home against Indiana, home against Brooklyn, at Toronto, home against Toronto, which is that back-to-back Gary mentioned, Charlotte at home, New Orleans at home, Sacramento at home, Golden State, LA Clippers, and Memphis all at home just to finish the uh, the the month off. So, Paul, how 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 do you find it, mate? Honestly, really difficult to predict. Um, I don't like that we have Washington on the second night of a back-to-back involving travel. Although I do believe we should beat Washington. The Indiana game is the first home game after the three-game road trip. Absolute must win. Absolute must win for this team. And that has to be a night where the Kia Centre is as loud as it can possibly be and has a playoff atmosphere. I'm in total agreement with Gary. The Toronto game being one after the other, very difficult uh, to get two wins. You look at Sacramento, you look at Golden State, you look at the Clippers coming into Kia Centre. None of those are easy games. And Memphis is the second night of a back-to-back after the Clippers game to finish it off. I would snatch your hand off for 11 and 4. I'm going 10 and 5. Okay. 5. Uh, If we get that, I'm made up. Yeah. But it could easily be it could easily be where Gary is. I could make an argument for that exactly as Gary has. Quite happy, quite happily agree. And if we did get that nine and six, it wouldn't be a disaster because it would still put you in a strong position. And it, you, you've got to look at where would those wins come against? Who would those wins come against? If you lose to New York, the Pacers. Then they're they're the big hitters. They're the ones that really hurt you. They're the two that you you've really got to be aiming to take wins in, particularly. Uh, so, Mike, you, how have you got the uh, the month looking? Twelve and three. I'm going with. I, I think. I think anything less than ten wins, I'd be really disappointed in this stretch in March. I think if you look at the if you look at the fifteen games, six of those games are against teams above five hundred. Five of those we play at home. Now I know there's back to backs and there's a bit of road, bit of road travel you got to schedule in here as well. But there's a lot of teams in there that we've been beating this season, and I'd expect to carry on beating. Now there's going to be games like last night against the Jazz, who maybe their record doesn't show how good a team they can actually be um, when they get going. Look, we got Detroit on Sunday. They cause us problems in the week. You can't. We're, we're, it's not like we're going into these games. What's the word I'm looking for? Where you're there's an expectation. Yeah, your complacency. Yeah. You're not being complacent. You're not being cocky and arrogant. Walking into somebody's building, thinking, "Yeah, we've already won tonight." There's none of that with this group at all. And Paul's already alluded to this with the way Mo Wagner talked at halftime against the Jazz after blowing a 13 point lead. 
there's no complacency with this team. And I don't think the coach and staff will let that happen either. But there is an expectation that this team's good enough to go on and uh, um, make this playoff push. For a team that's, what, won eight of the last 10? I don't see any reason whatsoever why this team cannot keep this sort of run going. Now, I know we're young. I know we're inexperienced. And there's still some lumps that we've got to take as well along the way. But look, when you've got... New Orleans, Sacramento, Golden State, the Clippers. Now, they are some difficult games. They are some good Western Conference teams. But Golden State have not done well at the Amway Center over the last five, six years. The Amway Center? Oh, sorry, the Kia Center. To be fair, Mikey, you are quite correct. They've not done well at the Amway Center. No, they haven't. They haven't even played at the Kia yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll rescue you, pal. (laughs) Cheers, dude. Cheers, dude. Always there with the assist. Yeah, good man. Good man. But I I just think there's a lot of these teams that are not going to want to play a young, hungry team like the Magic, who are one of the best teams in the league defensively. You get J.I. back in the next couple of games. You're just going to elevate that that consistency on the defensive end as well. Um, and I'd like to see, there's one thing I'd like to see in this stretch as well, is a little bit more Goga. I'd like to sprinkle in a little bit more of, and we've seen this, where Mose has been rotating, he's been going with the players with a hot hand or going with a matchup. I think, like, even maybe Utah last night, I think they were doing a stretch where Goga would have worked really well with a bit more size defensively. But anyway, I'm going off on a, on a tangent. There's, there's so much versatility on this team that I think it doesn't matter who we play, we've got a yeah. good enough team that we can go on and beat anybody. So, yeah, I'm going to be really optimistic. I'm going 12 and 3. The funny thing is, before I started speaking, knowing this question was coming up, I'd looked at it and I'd got us at 12 and 3. Listen to Gary. And thought, yeah, that makes sense. So I did downgrade what I had. I had that confidence <laughs> to start with. But I'm, I'll, I'll take that. I'll still take that middle ground. Cool. Um, I had ele- Jake, what 11, about you? 11 and four I went with, including obviously last night's game against Utah. Um, I, I mean, you know, I read the schedule out. I didn't know which of uh, these road teams potentially have got back-to-backs against us. So there's probably a couple in there. They'll be on a second night of back-to-backs, whereas we won't be. So you've, you know, you obviously got to consider that. So I had us losing to Indiana at home, to New Orleans, Sacramento and the Clippers, you know, just because record-wise, they're, they're the, the teams, you know, that might give us problems. Um Obviously, New York on the road is going to be a big game. I think we can go and get get one there. Um, and it's obviously key in the standings race now. So, um, you know, exactly what you guys have said. I'm not going to just uh, repeat what you guys have just said because there's no reason why we shouldn't be winning some of these. Um, and we're doing it as well, you know, uh, next man up man mentality. You know, we're missing Paolo. We're missing J.I., uh, and hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, we get everyone back and, and we get a clean bit of health going forward. So, cool. No, thank you for that. Um, so uh, the next question we have is from a good friend of mine, Mr. Howard Thomas. He's a UK Magic season ticket holder uh, who I know is going out to the uh, City Beautiful next week with his wife, Karenza. So firstly, hope you have an amazing time, mate, uh, and get some more Magic Ws. Um, so he's got a question uh, about the front court. Well, sorry, the centres in particular. And it's one sort of looking forward to next season. So assuming we need to carry four bigs, um, 
obviously counting J.I. along with Goga, uh, Wendell and Mo Wagner. If, and it's a bit, a bit negative now, but if we had to lose one of them, who would you lose? So I'll go to Mikey first, because the center is kind of, of his position. <laughs> <laughs> None of them. That's my longer response. No, I, I, I would stick with this this front court, this the, the, the bigs as it is, but I, I don't see why you would tinker with it. I think each each of them offers something different that the others don't. Like, Goga's not an offensive threat other than running, running, rim running and, and going up for offensive rebounds. But I think Goga defensively in his size, his shot blocking ability, he's always in the right position. Um, gives us something that Mo and Wendell don't really have. Um, whereas Wendell was just solid. Um, you know what you're going to get with him. And Mo is obviously going to give you that punch off the bench offensively. But hey, I'm not I'm not moving one of them at the moment for me. Okay. Do you boys want to check out? you I agree with Mikey? I, I, I'll be honest, mate. At this moment in time, with 22 wins... Sorry, with 22 games remaining, we have the same win total as last season. Mm-hmm. Why are we even talking about what we need to do to change the team up? Can't we, Let's just have the season out. Let's see where we are at the end of the season and then those discussions. Um, this group's done superbly well over the past two seasons. Let's run with it. And let's see where we go. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I... Go on, Gah. I was going to say, I'm not going to ask the team to be split up or anything like that, given where we are and the fact that we could be, we could even have home court advantage if things go right for us. Um, I think if you look at the four players there, we're not going to touch Jonathan Isaac, is my view, if we think we've got a chance of keeping him healthy. If, and I'm, I'm saying this, if we had to shift a player where it was like going to make us significantly better. In other words, as a trade piece to bring an all-star in, I would say the contract that's got the most value on the Magic is Wendell. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'll say Wendell, not because I want to, but because I think he is the one who would have the most value in bringing something more valuable back. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys have said. Um, obviously, you know, Franz and Paolo are, are your cornerstones. Um, I don't feel that the centre position is absolutely necessary to have an upgrade of what we've got. Um, having somebody better than, you know, those guys, okay, it's a little bit desirable, but, you know, I think it's possibly the guard position that would help Paolo and Franz more. Um, so if you're looking for upgrades, I think you're possibly looking at guard and not centre. Uh, and as you guys have said, Mike, you mentioned that, you know, they all bring something different uh, and can be counted upon. Uh, at various times, depending on what Coach Mosley wants. There are clearly better guys out there that play in the NBA. But what we have is a strong group that can each give you something. Yeah. Now, should the Magic be due diligent and explore options of improving every position on the floor? Yes. But, yeah, it's not a huge need for me at the moment. Okay. Um, so the second part to Howard's uh, question was on the guard front. Um, so he, he's put a few question marks against some, some of these players. Um, you know, he just 
just throwing out ideas. Um, is Jalen Suggs a keeper? Uh, Anthony Black, you know, will his shot ever be reliable? You know, it's difficult to say he's in his very first season. Uh, can can Mark Hell Fultz, uh, you know, um, be healthy? His availability, does his shot look broken? Um, and is Gary Harris unreliable, you know, physically? Because we've seen him miss quite a few um, games. But so Howard, Howard himself would bring back out of that group, Suggs, Black, uh, Cole Anthony, um, but maybe he'd upgrade Fultz and Harris. So it's just what what do you guys think to this? And I put a big, big thing <laughs> on the agenda here in big capital letters that you guys need to take note of. So I go to Gary. Yeah, I don't do well with threats, mate, so I'll trade notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I think it was four yeses for me to the question that was asked. I think if you're saying about a guard who's in danger with the magic going like and I'm saying this as we could possibly be the home court advantage. So I'm just going to throw that in there. If you're saying the guard who's got the most to worry about, it's probably Gary Harris. And and that's because I don't think Gary Harris can be healthy for a full season. Um, I think Markel has the question marks about his durability. And I've been really open when I've said this before. I don't have any problem with Markel Fultz. I like him a lot, actually. But we cannot have four players on the team who are consistently injury problems. And with Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter and Gary Harris, you've got four injury-prone players. We can't carry that going forward. So I think the big question mark around Markel is that. I actually think, Gene, and you can smile about this because I... There's, there's there's no threat involved of an angry Welshman outside my house with his pitchfork and his daffodils, right? But uh, <laughs> I think Fultz's shoulder, because believe it or not, during the Utah game, that's what I've been watching, <laughs> Marco Fultz's shoulder, which is really sad. I think his shoulder looks stronger yeah. than it has all season right now. And I think that's mirrored by that he's actually no longer looking like the mummy when he steps onto the court with all that tip hanging off it. He is getting, in my opinion, within the three-point line, a better range of movement coming out of his shoulder than he has had for a long time. So that's a good sign for Markel Fultz. And in answer to the other two questions, I think Jalen Suggs right now is one of the first names on the team sheet. And do I think Anthony Black can have a healthy shot? Yes, because it's got better across the entire season. Yeah. So that's where I stand. Cool. Anything to add to that, guys? Paul? Yeah, ditto with Gary. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% agree. Same Suggs Mikey. Keeper. Black's, yeah. Black's improving throughout the season. Yeah. 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 Not, not a lot to add. I, I'm just going to give Anthony Black his flowers. 37% from three. He was only shooting one and a half attempts a game. But I think more than anything, if you look at his free throw form at the beginning of the season and how how unstable it looked, how there wasn't any mm. consistency with his form, you look at his, his free throw shot now, it looks completely different. I think he's put a lot of work into that. So yeah, I, I definitely think Anthony Black's shot will be more reliable for sure cool 
Um, next question uh, from Patreon, Gary Clark. So thank you, Gary, for sending this one in. Um, out of the rumoured potential trades that were sort of discussed um, and floating around around the trade deadline, who do you think we should target, if any, you know, come the off-season now? Are there anybody? Or, or do you think that sort of ship has sailed? We're not talking uh, buyouts here, then. We're not for Gary's no, question. No, no, he's not asking looking for potential at trades. The, for the, we're not looking yeah. for the running to the season end, where we've got to then move somebody out, drop a position to bring no. somebody in off the buyout market. You're going to say because no. if that's if that's the if that's the question, then then no one off season. I'm still going to say I'd prefer not to have the conversation at this moment in time. I want to see what this team can do have a full season of data and then see what holes we have and we can start picking up on that. Um, as I said before, 22 games left, we have the same number of wins. Massive improvement on this team. Uh, and you, in that conversation, you're only talking to, about Anthony Black and Joe Ingalls being the only changes from last season. And that's not being rude to Jet Howard, but he's hardly been with us. He's been in the G League, an absolute shed load. They're the only two effective changes. We are seeing improved health from this unit. That's the investment that the team has made in both the changes in the backroom staff for that and then the fitness centre. We're seeing that... This team in the in the short period of redevelopment that we've had, and I'm talk, I, I think this redevelopment has started from the point where we pulled the plug on Vooch and Fournier and AG. That um, we signalled an ambition there that first round exit wasn't ultimately the goal, but with this is a patient front office who are happy to build steadily. Um, we're pushing some established teams this season very very hard in what is a third year for Franz and Jalen and the second year for Paolo it's, let's see what we've got personally because we're yeah, doing really well on what we've got and like Paolo said on social media this week you know imagine how scary it's going to be when we're at year five together him and Franz so um, you know Again, come back due diligence, yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, next question is coming from uh, another patron, Sean Moore. Thank you for sending it in, Sean. Um, so I've got uh, Paul again. Sorry, I've 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 done this. So uh, Paul's got back to back, mate. Um, so what do you think the magic... <laughs> oh, did you? All right. We could... Have a real-time answer, mate, if you oh, want. Oh, we, could, we could just jump in. Raise um, yourself, because this could yeah. be absolutely random rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> what, as opposed to prepared rubbish. <laughs> um, what do you think the Magic should do with Jonathan Isaac short term? Do we get him fit and get him straight back out there? Or do we be more careful to make sure he's good for the playoffs? And the second part of... Well, I'll let you go with the first part first and then I'll come to the second part. If JR's fit, we play him. Is that important to the team? Like it, I like it. And do you know what? I had this question in in the earlier part of the uh, agenda, and then obviously Sean sent this one in, so I canned it from uh, from the from the recaps for following the Atlanta game. So, um, 
read my mind, Sean. Well done, mate. Um, and the second part of it, Paul, um, how about longer term? Should he be part of the team uh, and should we push forward with him? I think you've answered that already um, yeah. in previous questions. So uh, 100%. I think we're all yeah, in agreement, aren't we? Let's just go back to 2018-19 season. J.I. was, at that point, in every in our conversation, a potential defensive player of the year. He's gone through horrific injuries and he's fought his way back. He's proven this season what he can do for the team and with improved availability that he's had this season. Okay, okay, he's missed the last couple of games, but that's just a normal basketball injury. That's not a, a particular weakness or anything of that nature. Every team will have those injuries throughout the season. But J.I. is an integral part of the team for me. Definitely, definitely. Um, I just thought of something. Have we got an early tip-off on Sunday? I'm just trying it's to see if I, I can... It's 11pm, is it? Okay, so it'll be a bit, a bit nicer than uh, the usual slog that it is um so anything else guys you want to add before i draw this one to a close no let's go 12 and 3 <laughs> i like it uh, i'm upset that we've got that three in there let's have the full 15 <laughs> <laughs> okay so so that's going to do it for this week guys uh thank you for listening and watching uh before we go we want to say a big thank you to all our patrons who help support the show so uh thank you for your incredible support to barry con paolo and franz warmth ollie law gary clark angus craig dylan holden alan kane tom Sone, mark joss sean moore liam radbourne andy lindley stuart benzies and drum drum drummy drum drum uh, if you're interested in joining our patron we have three tiers available with varying benefits uh, visit patreon.com forward slash let's talk magic to join today uh, and I, I must add paul's put some cracking videos up there last couple of weeks um, some bloopers that are really worthy of being on You've Been Framed. Uh, and it's just a shame You've Been Framed isn't still going, isn't it, Paul? Because I think you'd be mate, making some money, we'd be, we'd be quids in. As a as, as a group, we would be quids in with them. Yeah. So what I do for the Patreons is where I make, when I'm doing the game preview, if I have a particular nightmare, which does happen occasionally, I will put the bloopers into that into that group for them to see. Yeah. And, and we have the team... Yeah, raw bacon, raw yeah. bacon, isn't it? <laughs> we, we had we had the patron call last Sunday, and uh, Angus was saying, wasn't he, Gary? It was like the yeah. membership oh. is worth it just for that alone. So uh, if that doesn't make you want to join the Patreon, I don't know what will. Um, so keep them coming, Paul. Um, so if you enjoyed today's episode, please give it a thumbs up. Leave us your thoughts and questions, and we may even read some out on an upcoming episode. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and X, all at underscore Let's Talk Magic. So from Gary, Mikey, Paul, and myself, until next week, go magic. <laughs>